Welcome to the Thoughts Uncovered podcast by Voyage Manchester. I am your host, Beck Simmons. I am a mindset coach and hypnotherapist, helping others on their mental well-being and self-development journeys. While still very much on my own journey of self-discovery and self-awareness, this is an open, non-judgmental space where myself and others will be sharing their journeys and experiences, discussing all things mental health, self-development and mindset. Things are about to get a little bit deep, but I'm here to shed a light to remind each other we aren't alone. We are all living this shared human experience. It's actually one thing we all have in common. Despite our differences, like physical health, we all have mental health. And although not everyone will experience a mental illness within their lifetime, because we are all on this crazy journey called life, we may all struggle with our mental health from time to time. Hey guys, welcome back to Thoughts Uncovered. I hope you all had an amazing Christmas and New Year. In this episode, I'm joined by Georgia Davis, aka the OCD Guru. She is an OCD therapist and she's going to be discussing her own diagnosis and journey of OCD and sharing some great insights into what it really means to process in an OCD way. Okay, so I'm here with the lovely Georgia Davis today, but I know her as Georgie, that's what I call her. We were just having a laugh about that because actually no one else really, apart from her granddad, calls her Georgie. So um, yeah, we were having a laugh about it. But me and Georgie met last year out in Barcelona when we were both doing some training together, um, doing hypnotherapy and coaching. And we've created a beautiful friendship since then. And she's an absolutely amazing person and she's got a wonderful story to share. <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to you know, open with is kind of open the floor for you to tell us a little bit about your journey and what has led you up to I guess the person you are today and you becoming this OCD guru and starting your own business. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Hello. Oh thanks Beck. Thanks. Um yeah it takes one to know one. <laughs> um yes right okay so where where do where do you begin with OCD? <laughs> Nobody knows. They they said that actually you're you you can get OCD through your genes. It could just be genetic, or and and then when I started having therapy, so oh goodness, I was about sixteen. Um, that was CBT therapy, and I thought that it didn't work. I thought it was absolute load of rubbish. And so I get why people think CBT doesn't work for, for OCD. But um, when when the guy said to me, he said, well, you've either been hit on the head or it's genetic. And I think, okay. <laughs> so I, I, thought, I thought, well, both of those things then. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I've done double OCD. <laughs> but they, yeah, so I, I started having or recognising that I was doing weird things probably about the age of 12, 13, where I know that I'd always had it. That's the, the, you know, I've always thought or processed in that way because I would do things like run home, give myself challenges, like run home. And if I manage to run all the way home from say school or whatever, then Amanda will be able to come and and stay over or come for tea or good positive things will happen if I manage to maintain this, you know, hard work or this challenge or this run home or whatever, or hold my breath for three minutes. It's just, it's just silly little things that you kind of challenge yourself. And I think everybody does things like that. You know, I don't think that's completely abnormal. No. But when when I don't when it I noticed I think perhaps after having such a nice life and nothing really bad had happened in it and then my granddad died we moved i moved school then we moved house and I moved school again and i think big change and i i don't i never really like change now i know that uncertainty isn't a bad thing but then probably at 12 13 all the hormones kicking in the ocd i noticed turned to um turned to the detriment really whereas i would leave I set myself challenges like if I leave my watch properly and so you mm. set yourself mega goals on how to do that. You know, you have to stroke it all the way top and bottom, all the way, and then you have to leave it 
sort of just drop it, but gently drop it onto the desk with nothing else touching it at all and without touching it with your nails, then tomorrow's going to be a good day. Mm. You know, things like that. And and only when I noticed that um, I, I would I would leave it and then it didn't work. A bad thought would come into my head. So now I'm throwing things at myself to break the break the challenge, you know, break it, break, not be able to score a home goal, you know. So so I would uh, I would have to do it three times, or and then numbers came into it, which is very common in OCD. Or then I would stay there and and have to do it and have a bad thought. So then I have to do it and leave it with a good thought. And then to balance that out, I'd have to have another good thought whilst I was leaving the watch trying to do that. It, it sounds really irrational and you know it's irrational at the time you're doing it but your anxiety is so high at the time you're feeling this anxiety that the only way that you can stop or the, your brain tells you you'll cope with this is if you manage to complete the challenge properly right. you know do these compulsions and you have to complete them in a, in the proper way otherwise you're you're scuppering your attempts and you've got to start all over mm. again so the the pro- problem is there's, there's quite a few types of OCD where you've got the magical thinkers, the cleaners, the checkers, you've got religious OCD, you've got relationship OCD. You know, there's, there's now quite a lot. There's there's ones that uh, I've got a couple of clients where they have the sexual OCD where they, they think because they looked at somebody down below, even though they've got the clothes on, that makes them a pervert yeah. and so then they're, they're yeah so that, that the sexual OCD this religious OCD like I say like everything they have to do right by the book by God mm. otherwise God will do something bad but it's still an, a form of OCD okay. um yeah there's so so many now but the, the the general ones are cleaners checkers and thinkers but the thinkers was I was the cleaner I did the checking but I also incorporated the magical thing. So you did the all three. So. That was part of your OCD. Yeah. And and did you yeah. ever like try and speak to anybody at all when you were younger about this? Did, were you open about it? Well, my mum noticed. Okay. Obviously, you know when you go through one door and then you have to go back through the other door and then <laughs> through the same door and come through it again, and then you have to do that again. <laughs> I think she she looked up OCD if she'd obviously been read about it in papers or something and she then got me to the doctors and the doctor got me some OCD uh, CBT help but what came through was uh, was a a letter from the from the hospital just to say group therapy (laughs) how do you how do you have a group therapy with OCD so (laughs) because you got so I wrote a play about this as well it was it was just you've got someone who can't come in through the door. You've got someone at the door who can't touch the, the knob, mm-hmm. so they can't come through either. You've got someone who's stuck at the TV shop outside because they can't move past the TV if someone's looking at them. And at that point, it was the news <laughs> and the newsreader was looking at them. So you, you've got people You've got people who are in there but can't sit down because they can't touch the chair and they can't. it needs mm-hmm. to be wipes, but they don't have any wipes. You know, you've got, you've got people who can't speak because they can't actually tell you because that's a form of a part of OCD. Is, is it scares them to even say the things that scare them um you know so you got we couldn't do group therapy for I'm just, I'm just about to say how how would that even work like surely as well like would you not like bounce off each other like trigger each other is that a, a thing yeah well the problem was if that if I spoke to another OCD person at the time when I was like really really anxious with it and then oh then um they they told me the things that they do Mm. then I might take that on as well but also I wouldn't be able to go near the OCD person because if I felt in a good place the OCD person would remind me that I have OCD or had OCD or processed in an OCD way which is what I prefer to say now um if I process an OCD way then that would kick me off so the whole thing would just be an absolute nightmare group therapy so no (laughs) it can be done in a way that everyone needs to know now uh, this is what I believe okay. that everybody needs to know what I know mm-hmm. in order to get over it but then everybody's OCD is completely individual because it's they're all about their what well, 
they have distorted beliefs. But the fear that they've got has been grown out of a distorted belief. Because if it if it wasn't a distorted belief, everybody would think the same and we'd all be doing mm. it. You know, we'd all be scared of the same thing and we'd be right. Yeah. But it's not. It's it's irrational. Okay. And so so obviously the group therapy was a bit of a disaster for you. Um, <laughs> in terms of after that, what happened? Did you <laughs> did you um like go to... sorry no it's fine this is just typical me and you Georgia because one of us is usually messing about when we're on the call aren't we um <laughs> and I just, just plugged plug the no laptop it's fine I, don't I can't believe it it should be full but it's, it's draining it no, it's fine. it must be this perfect <laughs> as always um <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't want it any other way exactly well yeah so your journey after the group therapy like did you continue uh, yeah, so... what what happened yeah so it it just nothing happened it didn't it didn't help me it didn't it didn't do anything but then I was put on Siroxat so I had those SSRIs um SRRIs (laughs) anyway those ones the the reuptake inhibitors Mm -hmm. um, serotonin so so yeah not not good because what I found with those was I would be okay for not very long and then I'd need to up the dose and up the dose and up the dose. And so you just, I don't know whether you get used to it, but now, I mean, this is 20 years ago. Now we have so much more information and and science behind it that now they're even thinking that those SRIs are just placebo Mm. effects. They're not, because they don't even think that OCD potentially has anything to do with the serotonin. Mm. You know, it's a, the serotonin, dopamine, it's a whole host of things. It's the limbic system yeah. that's not getting the messages back through to, you, to your um, subconscious. Mm. Who's driving your bus? Well, if, you, if your messages aren't getting through that, hey, it's okay, I'm not, I'm not worried about that anymore. Your brain doesn't know that and it's going, whoa, there's the danger. Yeah. There's that dangerous thing that scared you. I'm flagging it up for you. Mm. So the moment you, that, that your brain is, is scared, you, know, you have the trigger. Mm. So you've, you've seen the trigger, whatever's happened, you, you've had the thought or you've seen something that's triggered you off or whatever's triggered you. So you'll have the trigger, then you'll go to do the, comp- well, you'll, th- you'll then have the thought, oh my God, I feel anxious. This is real. How do I get rid of it? And your brain goes to its library and says, well, what we did last time was yeah. we, um, we got you to wash your hands. So, so you'll go and wash your hands and boom, the anxiety mm-hmm. goes down. But what you then have done is validate that thought that it was real yeah. because look what happened. You were scared. You did something. You you actioned that mm-hmm. scared. You know that fear. Yeah. So now it's so okay. Left brain, right brain. Left brain's going. Well, you were right to be emotional, yeah. right brain, because obviously it was scary. Because the moment we got her to wash her hands, she stopped so being it scared. Boom. The behavior. Yeah. Reinforces. Validates, validates that, that thought that it was real, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're in a circle because you haven't told your brain. No, I'm not scared of that. Don't worry about yeah. it. Chill. So so you can't leave that thought behind. Now what you've done is every time you have that thought, mm. even if it was just a stupid thought, um, or or you see that particular object or or an image of a person, whatever triggers you, you will then get scared mm. again. And so then your brain will say, Well, there's that person again, danger. Boom, you have to go and wash your hands. Mm. And it's just as then learned habit. Yeah. You can't get out of it until you stop washing your hands. But not only that, there's more work to be done because you have a belief. And it's that belief of well, why were you scared in the first place? What are you scared yeah. of? You know, it's, I had a client once, and just, just to sort of explain this in a, in a really easy way. Little kid hadn't been to school because he couldn't walk down this particular alleyway that he needed to get to school by. So he would because he, he was scared of dog poo. Mm-hmm. It wasn't scared of dog poo, but he, every time he saw dog poo, or even so, it, it then, because the dog poo scared him, then what his brain did was soil was right, dangerous. Okay. And so, so soil became the the trigger. So he'd walk out of his house, see soil, and have to go back inside and wash his hands so he couldn't go to school. Mm. So, but all this, when you're talking, and even, even they knew it was great, it was a, quite an easy, easy fix, really. 
But, you know, talking to him about mind consciousness thought, where your thoughts come from, your feelings, actions uh, are made by your thoughts and created by your thoughts. And so therefore you need to change thoughts. However, that's it in a massive, simple, simple nutshell. Because this guy, this young lad, he'd gone down a mine like four years earlier. It must have been a very, very, very small kid. And it was a lead mine. Right. And the, the guy, the tour guide said, who wants to hold this piece of lead? What do you want to feel? What it feels like? How feel how cold it is? And so, so everyone touched the lead. And when this little kid gave it back, he, in maybe in a little boy's um, sort of imagination that this was so alarming mm. and, and spooky. And the guy just literally, as he took the lead back, he said, now wash your hands, that's poisonous. Right. And of course, amygdala spike for the mm -hmm. kid, boom scared so now he's got something on his hands how did he get rid of that thing on his hands he washed them mm. so therefore the anxiety went yep. down we're back in safety mm -hmm. was no longer a danger and then of course that's what any dirt that you could possibly get on your hands it, it magically yeah. made make this soil and then, yeah to him it was i've dangerous. seen it therefore i feel yeah. it yeah yeah but that's an interesting thing about ocd where you're you can quite a lot of things people quite a lot of people with ocd ocd is will wash their hands to get rid of the anxiety that they feel now there's nothing on their hands mm. it's it, it literally what i believe it is is the chemicals that their amygdala spike has gone whoa danger mm -hmm. it's gonna hurt me it's gonna kill me it's absolute danger and now i'm really scared my anxiety is now flooding my body because the amygdala spiked inside the brain it's gone it's flooding the body with fight flight yeah. freeze is it gonna hurt me is it gonna kill me all of these all of these chemicals are now flooding the body but the extremities seem to hold on because of course it's what you touch mm -hmm. things with they're exposed all the mm -hmm. time and also it's kind of quite easy to go and deal with something you can wash mm -hmm. it wipe it on something you know that's where you can get rid of this thing mm -hmm. it's funny that not not I've never come across an OCD who needs to just like wipe their nose on something. Yeah, it's back. always to do with the, <laughs> the hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I really feel like it's just because it's that they're, they're um, the extremities that all the all the chemicals are just flooded straight to, and um, it's not because everyone's touched a bit of lead, mm. you know, because that would be that would be great, wouldn't it? It's so easy to just talk about that distorted belief, you know. Yeah, that that was where it was from. So now, do you understand why the dog poo, yeah. the soil on the floor, you haven't even touched it, so why would that be on your hands? Mm -hmm. And and we just talked about it, where his feelings came from, mm -hmm. and, and he was fine. Yeah. He was really fine after that. He went out for a dog walk straight away afterwards and went down the alley. It's like, hallelujah, Aww. that was the easiest fix ever. But, yeah, um, you know, the extremities, I think it's, it's literally where we feel it, where we can focus because they're really crucial to us yeah. and it's a way that we can just easily wash that fear off but there's nothing there on the hands it's all in the mind yeah and so for you then what um where did you get to a point so if we go back to your journey and did the group um, therapy did some so, yeah, so, so you then yeah. you are now because obviously i know you're helping people and you just explained that even with that young lad but how did you get to that point where you mm. could use your experience to then get to where you are <laughs> yeah so after the rocks that I, I wanted, I married someone because obviously I was sane enough to do that. <laughs> that was okay. But then I needed, I wanted to have kids and I didn't want to even attempt to, to start family whilst on the Siroxat. I didn't want any of the chemicals yeah. to affect, you know, any baby, future baby. So I went to the doctors and um, we came off that, but he got me to see Donnie Campbell and that he was just a, a not just he was a great man he was a great psychologist mm. working in for the oxford nhs i mean he, he may well have retired by now because i think then he was possibly about 75 <laughs> about 20 years ago <laughs> however i hope he's still alive i hope he's just as wonderful as ever but he he said the first thing he said which is i'm really pleased to to be able to at least on your podcast bex mm. just be able to just say this to anybody listening with OCD, um, the, the first thing he said to me was, okay, you are not mental. Mm -hmm. And 
you're not crazy. The things that you've done are a coping mechanism. Mm. The things that, that this, the weird, crazy things that you do, because by now I was lasering. <laughs> by now, by that time when I saw him, I was, I was, I'd begun to laser the word no with my special eyesight lasers. <laughs> um, invisible things that nobody else could see, but I knew that I was lasering the word no because I'd had a bad thought and it could have just been, I'm going to be a crap mum, or it could have been, um, my mum's going to have a car crash mm. tomorrow if I don't manage to do this thing. So it's really frightening thoughts. And I mean, they were just kind of mild ones, but I would have to laser the word no whilst holding my breath onto a wall. Wow. And then when I've completed the O, I would have to then sort of make sure that I could see the whole of the word no, even though it wasn't there, there was nothing there, but I would have to be able to see it. And if I couldn't see it, if it was kind of faded because I'd taken too long to do the O, because your mind sets the goals mm -hmm. and then it moves them and it moves them. The more, the harder it is, the more you do these rituals, the harder your goalposts are to, to hit, you know? Um, so I would have to do that and see the whole no before I could breathe again. Right. You know, so it it transferred when I was working, um, I was about 21, 22. I wouldn't be able to be in the same room as someone who was slagging somebody else off. One, because I didn't like people who slagged off people. I didn't want to mm -hmm. be a gossip or that type of person. And two, I didn't want to be like the person they were slagging off because if they were slagging them off, then they would be real. So, yeah, that I didn't want to be lazy or spiteful or horrible. I just, ugh. So the whole thing, it was, it was a minefield. Going to work was just kind of having to avoid people and try to be this jolly, amazing, fun. But I got, it was really difficult. Exhausting, I can imagine. So, just exhausting. And, you know, I know that whilst I think that mine's pretty normal from what I can tell of all the OCD clients that I've had, it's... It, it can be worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm well, well. And I bet you can just make yeah, yourself sorry. feel like you can feel very abnormal, especially if you don't know other people at the time who are going through the same thing, especially if you have to avoid other OCDs because that can trigger you. You don't even have that space yet to be able to be like, no, I'm going through this. Can you relate? Because I bet everyone else in your life were like, well, no, I can't relate. I can't. No, you can't talk about it because one, you feel mental, you feel crazy, even though everybody actually has a little bit of good luck things. And that's you know kind of what everybody usually calls their OCD or, or and even now it got a bit popular, didn't it? Where people say, oh, it's my OCD when they're just yeah. really a bit anal about their houses being clean. <laughs> so well, they're not cleaning the houses in case the ferry disaster will happen. Mm. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's just they're cleaning the house because they like it and, they, and it makes them feel comfortable, mm. which is actually really good. You know, I can't settle until my house work's done. Well, okay, but that's a, a task you've set mm. yourself. It's not, you, you're not cleaning that's your house. That's probably because more by perfectionism maybe, you know, those type of things. It's people who are perfectionists <laughs> yeah. rather than rather than OCD. Yeah, which, which in itself could be an, a real problem, mm. but it's, it's not not as debilitating as having to laser the word no on a thing that nobody can have whilst you're holding your breath. Mm. <laughs> and this can take a minute, two minutes, you know, and you've got to get it right. Otherwise you've got to start all over again. But if you can't actually see the whole word, no, because the bad thought that you had, which isn't even real will happen. Mm. You know, it's, it's as crazy as that, but it's not crazy. It's just your way of coping with that feeling you've all of a sudden got within your body you know brought on by a horrible th thought that you didn't that you don't like because it's something that you're actually scared of in your own life or it's it's not a very nice thing but probably loads of people would agree with yeah. you so it's not it, it's great to talk about it if people can talk about it to anybody don't don't be afraid because actually loads of people will understand what did that conversation with um, the doctor, the psychologist, sorry. What did that do for oh, yeah. you? So I can't remember his name. Was it Campbell? Don, yeah, Campbell? Donnie Campbell. Yeah, Donnie Campbell. So he said this was the best thing. He said, um, so you, one, you're not crazy and you're not mental. You know, you're just doing it to cope mm. with the anxiety that you're feeling. And that's driven by your thoughts. However, what he then went on to say is, 
and which which this is the key thing for all OCDs to know you have a sense of over responsibility mm. you are overly sensitive and you are overly creative so you put those three things in a mix and you've got someone who really really cares who really really thinks about things and links things together and makes patterns so it's it it kind of makes sense of the world but also you are sensitive to everything mm. you sense people you sense actions you sense you sense everything the mood in the room you know you, and it affects you you know just so so because of all these things the best thing is the over responsibility you believe it's your fault everything's up to you to save the world and it is up to you even just carving no with your invisible laser eyes you know on a, on a wall will make the world a better place it's not people think that ocd at least ocds think that ocds are self-centered and quite it's all about them i remember doing a doing a course and it was a really good course it was the haven havening havens yeah is it havens oh i can't remember <laughs> no human givens that's it <laughs> sorry havens um yeah human givens do an ocd course and it was quite okay it was it was for basically to help doctors and and professionals understand what ocd is and then how you would they well how how human givens would deal with it in their protocol would be to hypnotize and tell tell the, the person that the ocd is a bully mm -hmm. and it's bullying them and it's to tell the bully to go away and that's not a, it's not a bad idea it's just it doesn't really deal with the belief and, yeah why they got there like the, the root cause place. yeah the root cause is almost like whack-a-mole you know you, you, it'll just come up with something yeah. else to trigger you because you haven't got rid of the belief that's making you fearful in the first place but um so this this but as we're watching this thing and it's on youtube and it's this guy walking down it, with his own thoughts it's about a five minute video of this guy walking from his house getting all his stuff ready to go to to uni or college walking all the way to school bumping into people, not be, having to look right, look left, look right, look left, or all across the road, and then having to do it again and come back onto the pavement because it went wrong, and then having to go again. You know, all these things, but you're, he's, he's telling you what's going on in his mind. And at the end of the at the end of the thing, the guy, one of the a doctor, a doctor, must have been about 50, but he just went, everybody said, oh, what are your thoughts on that? And he just stuck his hand up and said, well, so self-centered. <gasps> Oh my God, you, you're kidding. So this is what OCD is faced with that sort of judgment mm. where it's it's not it's not about them, but it it looks like yeah. it and it sounds like it, but it's only because you're overly responsible yeah. for everything, did you, everything, everyone. Did you feel that judgment like from other people on you? Like when you were going through your like worst periods of- No. No. No, because nobody knew. Nobody knew I was doing all these things. Kept it quiet. Not, uh, yeah, and that's a great thing that people could do. I, I used to walk behind my friends at uni, and we'd go through a door, and I'd have a bad thought, but I had to go back through the door, come through it with a good thought. But not only that, I had to go back through it again to, because I had to do everything in threes, and then but then with a good thought, and then of course the goalposts were moved because I'd done this habit a few times, and so now it just made it harder for me and harder for me, and I had to touch my touch the, the door only with my flesh not my nail I, I don't know why mm. <laughs> it's just because it made it harder yeah that was all just my brain was making it harder for me and um my friends never knew um, I, I, I just got oh I've just got oh hang on a minute and you make up an excuse mm. I just dropped my pencil or did you see that was that thingy hang on I'll just go it's easy mm. You make up all sorts of things just to make you look like a normal person. But yeah, there, there are certain things that people can't hide. But I think most OCDs who are quite professional OCDs can do it really well. So, <laughs> but it's, it does make you. So hard. yours never got to the point where it stopped you from doing anything. Like, you know, like stopped you from going yeah, to work it, or, it was never, or, or going you know uni and leaving the house and that kind of stuff not it it was never as debilitating as as keeping me inside or stopping for doing anything no but what what it makes you do is not enjoy things as much as mm. you can because if, if i went to a, a 
party, say, or, or whatever, uh, there'd be loads of people there and I wouldn't want to be touched. So you're avoiding people and then somebody touches you and maybe you have something about them in the back of your mind, like um, you know, something that something that I was scared of when I was growing up was having a, a baby when I was, say, 14, 15. Because around me at that time where I lived in Manchester, that, that was kind of rife. And I knew that my mum and dad would absolutely kill me. I didn't even know how you made a baby at that point. But anyway, it, it, you know, it was just, it was a fear, massive fear. And so when I was 23 and I went to work and met somebody who had had a baby at 16, that freaked me out. And, and there was nothing wrong with her. She's a really nice person, but I couldn't go near her. And I couldn't be friends with her because she'd done something and it somehow in my imagination that would rub off on me even though I was now 23 and yeah the, the negativity and the stigma would never have got to me because even then I still hadn't had a baby at 23 but I couldn't be near her or, or have a friend because my belief was that one obviously the magical thinking it would rub off on me a stigma that I had in my head not one that she had or not one that anybody else in the office had mm. But one that was a belief for me was, you know, that that stigma would be attached to me or people would look at me in a different way. And of course, that that clashed with another of my beliefs that friends are the gold dust of life. Yeah. So so anything that ruins friendship for me is an absolute that would trigger me. So that was where it was debilitating for you. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> well done, <laughs> well rounded. Because yeah, I do forget what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, that that was a massive thing. I couldn't I, anything that was a negative that I even as a kid had had a belief that that would be a negative still stayed with me. Yeah. It didn't change into an adult's brain, and those beliefs stayed with me. You know, they didn't change. So anybody who was 16 who had a baby, even though the, she was now 19, it still rocked my world mm. that I couldn't be associated with it which is just crazy she was an absolutely lovely person mm. and that's the that's you know, to the detriment of me because I I didn't have a good friendship yeah that I could have done yeah you know so so yeah it's it, so it was it affected you in different ways but well this is I guess what you were saying before about how it's not the same for everybody and you know everyone with OCD mm. might have a different experience you might be able to relate in some ways but it each experience yeah. is personal to to that person yeah 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 so then so then after after having the kids and seeing Donnie Campbell I then went to um I I stopped seeing him because I, I was signed off mm. I I didn't do anything but then we had a bit of a family rift with my husband's family and that rocked my world again the OCD crept in because of course it was now not the stable lovely family that I'd believed it was it was like now it was crumbling and this was horrendous all over a silly little argument but then to me people didn't argue who loved each other and you know (laughs) and it sounds stupid now Um, and this is 20 years ago but that that was a massive rift and of course then my OCD turned into doing OCD about his family right so and essentially that ruined mine and my husband's relationship and and now we're divorced we're still best friends because there's nothing wrong with him and there was nothing wrong with me and I still loved him but he would remind me of his parents ah and so OCD completely messed that up for me you know but having said that was then now Mm. um now it's now I know what I know. Yeah. And now I've, I've been through three principles, hypnosis, resource therapy is amazing, NLP. And these are different therapies that, that and, and actually the CBT. Mm. So so having having COVID hit and I was already through and over my OCD and, and now thinking, 
right, how can I help other people? Yeah. But not having a clue. But then, of course, you know, lockdown happened and I went on these just courses just because my daughter got um, ulcerative colitis and I'd heard that hypnotherapy may well be able to help that if it's the psychological side of things. So went and learned that. And then, of course, that's where you and me met yeah. on one of those courses <laughs> in Barcelona. But by then I already knew, right, everything, all the information that I'm learning is all going to be honed to OCD therapies then yeah. I can help because it all it was all exactly how I got myself through it and then it all just clicked into place well this is why this is the science behind yeah. it oh my god this is the brain model that I needed to understand how I now got over mm. it like we were talking about it the other day yeah. we? Skinner's yeah, the conference. yeah and, yeah. and it, that's it like and I think um with anything I think the more aware you become of the, mm. the reasons why I think a lot of the time we just want to know why we're doing things don't we and I think that winds people up more than anything is not knowing yeah. why they are a certain way why they do certain behaviors and when you can actually start yeah. to understand that it makes it feel a bit more logical and not as like mm. even though mm. it is still irrational a lot of the stuff we do it kind of puts a little bit of logic to it as to why we do it and then because you've got that yeah. logic as to why you do it it makes it easier to understand and then I think help yeah. yourself get through it um that's exactly it the more this my mom, I said to my mom I'm going to do this online course I'm just going to tell everybody on these videos like what what it's all about and I've not done it yet but I will but my mom said oh god don't bore them with that stuff about the brain like, yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point it's amazing oh, that's the whole point. yeah if you don't understand what's going yeah. on in your mind what what chance have you got to move on mm. and to actually understand how you can get through that and not do that not process in that way mm. anymore because that's all it is OCD is just a thought process yeah. and when when you get that and then you get the three principles ideas and then you've got the exposure therapy mm. which that that's really the CBT bit that works that finding out where the beliefs come from if you can you know some sometimes kids it, the kids that I deal with they they know because the experiences are really recent but some of the some adults have no mm. idea why they do this stuff you know that's then then things like what we learned on our course that like timeline. timeline therapy can work kick it out yeah. <laughs> come on subconscious give, give me your goodies mm. while you're harboring you know it's it's all things like that yeah. but you're right it's it's knowing yeah when you know when you have that knowledge then you can actually i know that i just hope that everybody with ocd can either get themselves over it that's marvelous but if they just want help, it really helps to have someone who knows about mm. it. Yeah, even you, Bex, you, I know you don't do processing in an OCD way, but you know so much about it. You know, you can help people, I know. But it's it helps to have that holding hand. Yeah. Because you need to tell people and hold the hand through those dark times because when you don't do the things that you're telling yourself that you really should do because that anxiety is so high, and if you don't do them, then it is worse for about two days. Mm. And just during that time, whilst you've got yourself to that point of being able to get through that barrier, and then that operant yeah. you know, conditioning <laughs> works, is it, it kicks in and, and your brain feels punished. Mm. And so therefore you will, um, you know, you will, it will not send out as many of those messages of danger to you because it doesn't want to feel punished mm. so you know brilliant but you it, it helps to have someone who understands and can just sort of hold your hand through it because yeah. otherwise it's horrible you need somebody to believe in you and um you know even if it's your mum yeah. or your dad or, or just anybody but don't sit through it yourself and but definitely do it because when you come out the other side you can just get out of your car and walk through your front door and go and make yourself tea without having to do all your stupid things <laughs> amazing it's great amazing George, it oh, makes makes life so different one yeah. minute oh, no, we're still no i really need George. the toilet so I'm, I'm gonna cut this part out but i'm honestly desperate for a wee just one minute hello everybody i'm on beck's podcast and it's absolutely brilliant she's just a lovely person <laughs> she's so she's so fab she does the longest wheeze and um they're really noisy.
I hope she can hear this. That's funny. <laughs> and then, um, <coughs> oh, I hope I didn't cough down her ears. <laughs> anyway, um, since meeting Bex, it's like having another daughter. <laughs> She's just like me. She's like more like me than my own daughter, which is great. <laughs> uh, but she's brilliant. And if you need help, go to Bex. And when I'm famous, you can actually use that in any advert. <laughs> Georgie, have you just been talking to yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I make sense to me. <laughs> That's fine. That's all you need to make sense to. Um, so there's just a few few things I want to ask um, before we mm. kind of wrap up. So we did have a question come in um, to ask you about OCD. Um, and that was, um, what are the potential triggers of OCD? Oh, okay, okay. As in what can kick it off in yeah. the first place? Mm-hmm. Okay, sometimes it could be a trauma, a family relative dying, or usually it's a massive spike of a negative emotion, like guilt, hurt, shame, fear, um, something like that. And then you have learnt you, you know, whatever you've done to alleviate that fear, that frightened, that scared, that anxiety, whatever, is then a habit that your brain has recognised and then it just kicks in as a habit and therefore every time you get a trigger, boom. Okay. Um, that's, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So so that that spike of emotion, the the habit that's created is because whatever they do to alleviate that emotion, because it's it helps them feel behavior. better, yeah, it alleviates the emotion. Mm. So then that then creates the habit, which then turns into an OCD mm. processed habit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and because they felt overly responsible at that time or whether they've taken it on board that, you know, I, I was thinking about something the other day that actually I'm still harbouring from being about six years old and I had a best friend and she was great and then another girl came into the school and she was lovely too and we were a very small school and there was only like 10 of us in my class and so but but the two of them together were really fast runners they were fastest and I was the slowest and so I heard one I've heard one of them say let's run away from Georgia like that I heard it and they're just six-year-old kids and I wasn't a nasty she was still the best friend she was my chief bridesmaid for god's sake so I know that it wasn't nasty but that she did it they ran and so I chased after them knowing full well I couldn't do it and the the sense of loss or Mm. I've still got it I've still got that sense of I'm not good enough or I'm a horrible person or yeah and it was completely innocent and I was I that came up for me just just as a memory just the other day and I thought good god that could easily have been one of the things that that made me feel not good enough Mm. And then made me feel like I should, I need to be good enough. You know, I need to do things. And so, so the good luck things for me would be if I do this, Claire will like me. Claire will be able to come to, um, you know, my house for tea Mm. or, you know, just never, never. If I do this, I'll be able to run fast enough. It's always magical. (laughs) Just a stupid six year old's mind. But you know, it's it's something as simple as that. Mm. You know, it could be something as simple as that, or it could be guilt. You know, you feel really guilty about something, and just then your self esteem. I know that self esteem for OCD is a problem. It's okay. an issue. Um, you know, so if you're not feeling good about yourself, then you're going to blame yourself for everything. Right. And then when you're when you're in that zone, even though it's not right, you can then validate all the. Din- Dirty stinking kippers is a great one. Is that all your negative beliefs? Mm. You know, it, yeah. about yourself, about anything, about anything. But it's a negative belief, and and you'll hold it, and therefore it'll make you anxious, and therefore be a trigger. Yeah. So, just another question to lead on from that really is um, for anyone listening who potentially could be struggling with OCD. Um, or might have struggled in the past and it's not as bad right now but mm. um but it but it kicks back it kicks in, back in. yeah yeah what are some things that they yeah. could do to help them cope any coping strategies or yeah. just things that they can help 
they can do maybe to just help with things like their self-esteem or any beliefs they have about themselves like what would you say to them well see that's that's a massive that's massive (laughs) because some people well most people don't understand where their negative belief is coming Mm -hmm. from most people don't understand what their negative belief is yeah you know they, they don't even understand why they're having the thought um what could they do? They could easily do if they know tapping. You know, mm. they could they could just to, to get rid of the anxiety, break it down and do the tapping. I don't know whether you've done EMT yeah. or anything like that on on here. Um, whether you explain tapping, will you will you be explaining tapping to at people at some point? At some point, yeah. Okay, but there's things. I mean, it's even on YouTube. You know, you could do um, a havening technique. That's where I got it from. The havening technique, which. Um, Prince Harry, very popular at the moment, isn't he? Um, Prince Harry demonstrated on Mind, on on one of the adverts on Mind, and Paul McKenna does a fantastic havening technique, and I think that's on YouTube as well, mm. havening technique, and it's just to take you, oh God, if, yeah, you could, what else, what else would I suggest to people? They need to recognise that in that moment of the high anxiety, they have the time to step out of themselves. Mm. They have that time. I know that the anxiety is there, but imagine if you freeze frame. It just imagine if you freeze frame your life and the world and step out of your body and look at the situation. Mm. And if you can if you can do that, if you can manage to do that, so you like can dissociate yourself dissociate yourself exactly just look at what you're doing look at the necessity and how real that is to do the ritual that you think you've got to do whether it's wash your hands or touch your car door handle three times or five times or seven times or go around and check the passenger door even though you can see that the thing's locked whatever whatever these the habit or the, the the compulsion is that you have to do recognize that it all came from a thought and where that thought came from Mm. where why is it upsetting you and just recognize that thoughts aren't real yeah yeah that there's there's probably so much to it but in that moment and also don't feel hard on yourself because oh my god here you are again you thought you'd never do ocd things in your whole life you've, you've licked it it's gone and then boom all of a sudden some things happened and you're back doing stupid shit (laughs) stupid rituals if you if it's fine because it's just that you're probably tired or you're overwhelmed Mm. it's not because or or it could even be because your life's going so bloody brilliantly yeah and then you've got to bring yourself down to earth because it's we have a habit of this in general don't we yeah like things are going good we try and bring like, oh, it's going good. <laughs> something bad must 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 have to happen. Absolutely, <laughs> it can't Absolutely. be going this well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So also then you you you've got to worry about something. Yeah. So you know because you've got nothing to worry about. Oh, I'll give you something to worry about. Nothing, <laughs> but here it is anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just yeah. I think I think if you thought you got rid of it and boom, you've got it back again. It, all you got to do is recognize that you've done you've you've gone back to processing in that way yeah and you can and, and you, you can have you can undo that yeah totally totally yeah. unprocess you can get back to a different mm. way of processing your thoughts rather than that way and that's all it is yeah it's not magic it's not science it's just your own thoughts but yeah you know come and talk to a professional mm. and we'll just say no you're not crazy you're not stupid Let's discuss where that belief is and why, what fear it is. Mm. Let's see what your values are and your beliefs and are they clashing? Boom, there you yeah. go. And it's those epiphany moments that make people go, oh shit. And then that's it. There is no reason to process in an OCD way because the only two things we're actually scared of is the fear of falling and the fear of sudden loud noises. Mm. So everything else we've learned. Mm. So it can be unlearned. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's like any any type of. So even coming away from OCD, when you think about, and I've spoke about this in the last two episodes, like you know, um, 
no journey is ever linear is it like there's going to be ups and downs with with things so it, I guess the same mm. applies with OCD it could be that sometimes you go back and you feel triggered again and and the same rituals are coming up but it doesn't mean that you're you know you've gone backwards it's about showing you yeah. know, compassion in those moments and and realizing that we've got through it once we can get through it again absolutely absolutely and it's yeah. so scary because that that anxiety for some people is is through the roof mm. you know that I've, I've had clients who just they cry all the way through the session mm. <laughs> like, please I'm not, I'm not horrible i'm not being horrible and then mm. you know they get through it they, yeah. they they literally put their pants on without having to take them off you know it's mm. <laughs> it's that was another thing that that was a, i know that you've got to go to the right people mm. I, I spoke to someone, I was I was kind of gauging whether they knew what OCD was and, and they were professing to be a health professional. And I said, um, so, which is something that I did once, and I, I, I'll confess now it was me, if this person ever hears this podcast, yeah, it was me, I made up that it was a client of mine, but no, it was actually me. Um, they, so I, I tried to put on my jeans and I couldn't get them on because when I just got them almost to the top I breathed out and as I was breathing out I thought of Myra Hindley mm. and that Myra Hindley thought magically was breathed all over the gusset of my jeans mm. and so if I put the jeans on there was potential that people might one day view me as um, in the same way that some people view Myra Hindley and you know, can you imagine the anxiety that that brought on? Mm. <laughs> oh my god, that that was an abs- that was a killer. That was literally a killer. And so I remember phoning my dad and crying on the phone to him for two hours. I couldn't get my jeans on. Wow. And so I I do understand. And all it was was anxiety because I didn't. The worst thing in the world to me was thinking about Myra Hindley at the time. You know and what she did and all of those things that was kind of breathed onto my gusset of the jeans and so i had to i couldn't put them on but i couldn't take them off yeah <laughs> stuck halfway down the legs wow. couldn't move anywhere but it was just pure anxiety and not only because of my biggest fear and it's some OCDs think that um if they're going to do something is that's going to make them to be a pervert okay and they'll they'll become a pervert if they do so this wasn't mine but yeah that's one of the things uh, one of the clients so um but it's it's because it's their worst nightmare uh, it will never happen it's the biggest fear that their brain can throw at them right and so it makes them so anxious they have to get rid of that because imagine you know thinking that if i didn't do this your worst nightmare's gonna happen yeah yeah your worst nightmare yeah yeah and it's it, you wouldn't want to kill little children you wouldn't want to um become a pervert you know any of these nasty things so your brain is trying to help you out mm. by giving you something to do to make sure that oh it's okay i did that thing so i've done it right now so that means i won't but unfortunately mm-hmm. that's validated the thoughts now every time you get that thought boom you have to do even worse things and it just keeps going around in circles you never get rid of it until you expose yourself mm. to doing the thing that you you know you shouldn't do however sorry i digress but this this health professional said um he's oh stop you right there stop you right there you that that person you've got to tell them go and see a psychiatrist because they are they are looney tunes nuts Wow. And if I'd have told somebody as an OCD, if I'd have told somebody like apart from a dad mm. that that was happening, I feared that judgment. Yeah. That and also that would have killed me. That would have crushed me. I would have, my self esteem would have gone straight to the floor because I would have felt like one a mental person, whatever that meant to me at the time. And there's nothing wrong with mental people, but at the time, the the stigma of mm. being mental, you know, we're talking 30 years ago now when that when that was a, a happening, it it would have absolutely crushed me. And mm. it, I wouldn't have ever been able to tell anybody. Mm. You know, if if somebody had said that to me, you know, you are oh, you crazy, you've got to go to the go and see the hospital. Yeah, because that's what you said. I think it's a psych- psychotic. That's psychotic. But this is this is a mental person health now. Professional, yeah. Health a health professional now. When you think it, wow, it's just OCD. Yeah, 
So, so, so would you say actually then the stigma around OCD is still kind of people misrepresent? Think they know what you know what OCD I mean? Is. It's still yeah, yeah, because it's not it's not because that's one thing you said earlier um, about the word being thrown around a lot. You know, people label yeah. just the fact that they like to clean as OCD. Yeah, or they things to be they, they like the things. Yeah. Yeah, so pens and paper in the in the yeah. in a perpendicular way and everything neat and tidy on the mm. desk and and you know not being able to go through uh, into that shop because they don't like that shop or whatever <laughs> for whatever reason oh it's basically yeah, I can't do that in it yeah well hmm that's it it's a very different thing yeah. when you're absolutely exhausted by your own thoughts yeah you know and you can't seem to stop them mm. you just need professional or proper help yeah and I guess to other people to bring awareness to what OCD actually is and for us to show more compassion to those mm. that are going through it um and if yeah. someone does tell you that they're having these thoughts and they're struggling with these rituals I guess one thing not to do is to call them psychotic and actually <laughs> try and show them some compassion. Yeah. 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 Cause it, it kind of looks, so some, sometimes I think it can look like a bit of a, an autistic uh, breakdown. You know, yeah. I've got an OCD, um, an autistic son. Well, who <laughs> actually autism and OCD are good. Quite, you know, they, quite a lot of autistic people have OCD, interestingly. Um, but there is a difference between the two, rituals that they have to do mm. um but yeah um so my son um yeah he has proper rain man type meltdowns you know thank god for the film rain man where you can see it and i, I wasn't the first time i saw my kid do it and I was like, okay okay we've got this <laughs> we're not getting on a plane you're fine it's <laughs> <laughs> just yeah but how, how many cocktail sticks did i just drop there <laughs> it's yeah it's it's um it, it's interesting because you you can properly melt down but only because but your compass mentors you're completely sane you know it's irrational yeah. and yet the anxiety fills you so much mm. so yeah a bit of compassion i suppose but understanding understanding just just patience yeah and i guess that's that's like anything because do you know sometimes we're not always gonna be able to relate or even ever fully understand someone else's experience, I think what we have to do is when someone's telling us something, we have to believe that that is their experience. Do you get what I mean? So so even if we, yeah. can't, we can't understand it, we have to accept and believe that what they're telling us is, is their truth, is, is their yeah. reality, and not tell them that what they're going through isn't yeah, no, I was listening right. to your, your podcast and, and the your, the one, the first one, yeah. um, is it Russell? Russell? Yeah, and I was listening to him and I thought, wow, he hasn't, we have not had the same life experiences at all. But that was really interesting how, mm. yeah, I could listen to him and go, wow, wow, okay. And I didn't know of, of what he was talking about. It doesn't go into great detail of a private nature, a totally mm. private nature, but I found it compelling to listen to because he was really opening up so mm. yeah but then Bex that's you <laughs> you know and that's what makes you a great therapist you listen well thank you so well done <laughs> I'm certainly drunk my friend <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> to to wrap up mm. though um I always ask these two questions you might have heard it if you listened to the first episode but <laughs> I just want um, want you to tell us one thing that you love about yourself. <laughs> My friends. <laughs> no, about you. <laughs> um, okay. Um, <laughs> this is horrible, Bex. That's horrible. But this um, is the whole I... point. It's about normalising, saying things that we love about ourselves because we've got to show ourselves love and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Um, I like how I like getting rapport with people. So I like I like how I hope. I mean, I don't know whether this is true. I mean, maybe it's just a perception, but I was told it, and so if that's if that's true, then I I like how I could make somebody feel at ease. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, That's you make me I feel think. at ease, so so there's your <laughs> yeah. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> and then the next one, the last question I have for you today is just something you're grateful for. If I didn't say my kids, that would be naughty, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, what am I grateful for? Breathing. <laughs> Literally breathing. Um, oh God, I'm I'm grateful for everyone I've ever met. Mm. When you think about that, when you really think about that, every single person you've met has told you something. Yeah. Whether even you know you didn't even speak to them, told you something about you. <laughs> yeah, because you all can that, then what it tells you is you're too judgy. Yeah, because <laughs> if you've had a thought about people you've not even met, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, yeah. Is that is that a good enough answer? Because what am I grateful for? Every freaking thing ever on earth. Uh, I love that a voice. Yeah, a voice you friendship <laughs> yeah so many <laughs> being, things being able to yeah everything oh god i bet i better say lee <laughs> <laughs> yeah lee can't forget Nine, Nige, yeah my mum and dad my, even my brother cats don't know yeah no, just i think um yeah there's no profound answer there it is literally what i'm grateful for god jordan peterson <laughs> mm. but but i guess every yeah, just... every answer is profound because even mm -hmm. I find even I think it, it is the smaller things that actually you find probably more gratitude in and the smaller things actually are really the big things aren't they do you know what I mean mm. and like yeah, you said yeah, before yeah. about you know being grateful for every person you've ever met I think that's actually a really really nice gratitude actually and it's made me think because I'm grateful for every person I've ever met because like you said every experience or interaction you have with someone lead you up to mm. the person that you are today do you know what I mean so, mm. Absolutely. so everybody you've met yeah yeah oh. well, I like that cut all the other bits out <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're editing this space cut all of that rubbish bits out where I went oh quality street and um, <laughs> the hot water bottle <laughs> right now <laughs> well it's been it's been absolutely lovely it's been a pleasure to have you uh, on thoughts uncovered honestly i've loved it and hopefully your story too. yeah and hopefully your story will really help um you know anyone listening who may be suffering with ocd okay. or has suffered or know somebody or just help spread awareness mm. around um you know what ocd really is so thank you so much george you really appreciate it thank you, thank big, you. big pleasure thanks for having me on Bex. no problem just, thanks for letting me say that because all those all the people all the ocds just need to know they're not crazy and they're not mental they're just coping and mm. they've cleverly brought up strategies because they're overly creative overly sensitive and overly responsible so that's all it is and we just need to wind it back Mm. oh thanks so much because that's you. all they need to know <laughs> it's that time again for the segment of the podcast called ask the coach so this week one of the questions that was sent in was how do you keep your energy so lush um and I guess this actually relates to one of the questions that was sent in a while ago about how do I honor my mental health and I think it's quite similar in the sense that I think before I probably didn't honor my energy that much I would mask a lot of the time when I wasn't feeling that up to things so I would still put on like quite a high energy front and I'd probably over give in a lot of ways energy wise um so on the outside it might have looked like I had loads of energy and I was like high and vibrant and and all that kind of stuff but actually inside I wasn't always feeling that great whereas like now I feel like I'm tired of having that mask on and when I don't feel like my energy levels are up there or I feel like I need some time to recharge I actually do honor that a lot more now like I've learned over the past year especially um that 
it's okay to like sit back and just be and give yourself time and space to recharge and actually sometimes being in those moments of just being and not always doing you get random moments of creativity or downloads or inspiration um or even just you know you give yourself that time to recharge your batteries again and feel up to I don't know doing some stuff for my business or spending time with people or socializing and I don't know catching up with people on voice note or call or whatever because you know you give yourself that time to actually fill your own cup up again and and recharge again um so I would say now my energy is probably a lot more authentic because before I would potentially be wearing a mask sometimes and acting like I had more energy than I do whereas now I feel like I will only show up when I can and when I have the energy to do so um and it means that I'm doing a lot more with intention like I'm acting with intention rather than just because I feel I should be doing and it means that I'm not burning myself out as much I'm not pushing myself as much um and I'm not not honoring my mental health so yeah but that it takes time and it's took a lot of like crash and burns to kind of realize that and don't get me wrong I still crash and burned a little bit before Christmas um but it wasn't like a bad crash and burn where I was like depressed it was more like I just took on a lot and I was doing a lot but it was kind of things that I enjoyed doing so that's probably why I pushed myself so much um but yeah I think really checking in with yourself getting to know your body your energy levels and yeah really just checking in with yourself helps a lot because then we can start to notice when we are giving or overgiving and when we should maybe be I don't know retracting a little bit and giving ourselves time to recharge and um fill up our own cup so yeah I hope that helps um thank you for sending your questions if you have any more ask the coach questions please do send them in I love hearing from you all and I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope it was useful and especially in terms of OCD I know for me I learned a lot speaking to Georgie um and I think we're all guilty of throwing the word OCD around aren't we and I think it was really nice to hear what OCD or processing in in an OCD way really means and maybe it will make us all a little bit more mindful in the future of throwing the word around and make us all a little bit more understanding of what OCD really is thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode I would really appreciate it if you shared it and click the follow button for more content and to send in your ask the coach questions you can find me on instagram at voyage mcr Thank you.